Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast, where we discuss business solutions to help listeners develop and implement action plans for true lean process improvement. I am your host, Patrick Adams. Hello and welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast. My name is Patrick Adams and today I'm going to talk to you about keeping it visual. You may have heard me say the three main points that I like to talk about. Keep it simple, keep it visual, and continue to improve. Well today, I'd like to dive deep into keeping it visual. How many of you have been to a major league baseball game? Who is your favorite team? I want you to imagine yourself sitting in the stands at a baseball game for a moment. Now imagine that there's no scoreboard. Imagine that the umpire is not keeping track of balls and strikes. Would people still watch the game of baseball if no one knew the score? Why is it that everyone repeatedly looks at the scoreboard when all of the action is out on the field? It's because the scoreboard shows all the statistics and tells us how a team is doing in relation to the goal, which is to win the game. What is being measured? How are we doing? The scoreboard also gives us uh, this real-time information about the game, right? So how many strikes, how many balls? The scoreboard generates and maintains interest. It provides very clear feedback about performance. It also gives the same information to everyone, the players, the owners, the spectators, everyone. But more importantly, it keeps us focused on the game and what we need to do to win the game, what we have to do to win. By analogy, visual management shares real-time information about what is going on in your organization. What are our goals? What are our KPIs? How are we performing to those goals? What do we need to do to win the day or the week or the month? So there are three points that I want to cover under this main topic of keeping it visual. And the first of the three points under this topic is that your message needs to be something that can be understood by anyone. Using pictures and colors is key. However, you do have to be careful. I once rolled out a Kanban board and trained the team to change over their machine when the Kanban card reached the trigger point. The trigger point was a color that changed from green to red. Well, shortly after rolling out this new board, we ran out of parts. And I asked the operator what happened, and he said he didn't know when, he, when we were actually hit our trigger points. So I brought him over to the board and I showed him where the trigger point was, which was clearly, in my mind, clearly the area where green turned to red. Well, he looked at me and he said, I'm colorblind. So you have to be careful. Remember, everyone needs to understand. Taichi Ono, sometimes referred to the father of the Toyota production system, said that having no problems is the biggest problem of all. So what do you think that he meant by this? I've worked with many military and executive leaders who like to think that everything is perfect. There aren't any problems, right? Wrong. There are always problems. Who's familiar with the iceberg of ignorance? Organizations miss a golden opportunity when they fail to ask employees for their ideas in solving issues, but instead rely solely on management and high-level experts. Executives and supervisors may not have the up-close perspective and inside knowledge that employees who are experiencing the problems firsthand have. 
employees may they may know how to fix the problem and may even offer a cheaper solution if they're consulted. This is a win-win approach. Employees feel valued and the problem is solved at the root level in a way that makes sense. It's also sustainable. There's buy-in. The team doesn't feel like uh, a solution has been forced on them by someone else. And here's the, here's the other uh, really, really important point of this. If I go out and tell my team that this is the solution and I hand it to them, the moment that things start to get a little difficult or rough, the team might throw out that solution and blame Patrick, right? That was Patrick's idea. Um, now, uh, the, on, the, on the flip side of that, if the team comes up with the idea, then the moment that things start to get difficult, right, they're going to work really hard to make sure that their idea doesn't fail. So they're going to make sure that their idea um, works, right? So this is a really important key point to sustainment. So why, why in the world would we ex expect managers to tell and direct the, the team's actions? They're making decisions based on around 13% knowledge, right? This is a serious problem. Problems known to staff are 100%. Why would we not be consulting the staff or the team, right? Who knows our, your problems best? The, those closest to the value at work. I was once brought to an organization to assess their operation. I decided to meet with every single team member one-on-one -on -one and asked each of them the exact same three questions. What is one thing that's going really, really good in your operation? And then the second question was, what is one problem in your operation? And the third one is, what was one opportunity for improvement? I had them write their answers on post-it notes and then post them on the wall. And once we, once we were done, we had this really, really great visual that the leadership team was able to take a look at and they were amazed with the results, right? We took everything out of the team's mind and placed it on the wall for everyone to see. And this was the first time in this organization that they were actually able to see all of this amazing information on one wall, right? All the amazing things that they're doing, all the opportunities for improvement, and all of those problem areas. So this was a great opportunity for us to put a focus in on, uh, on all of those areas. So when we did that, we found that um, there was a ton of really, really great trust within the shifts, but there was, there was not a whole lot of trust between the shifts, right? We needed to develop the same level of trust between the shifts that we had within the shifts. Uh, they also had a really, really great safety program. So that, those were a couple of things that came out of that. Now, when it came to opportunities or things that they were not doing very well, there was a, a, a huge discrepancy between um, leadership and the team. So there was a breakdown miscommunication uh, between leaders and their teams. There was distrust, there was slow decision-making. There was also favoritism, which was creating um, a huge divide between uh, the, the teams. They really needed better communication between shifts on top of all of this. So there was a ton of work that needed to be done. Now, the other activity that I conducted was an empowerment continuum. And I've talked about this before, um, but basically on the left-hand side of the continuum is uh, the where management is completely in control. Management makes all the decisions and then informs employees. They're telling, they're directing, right? Management's in total control. The second column is where management gets employee input before deciding. They're selling, they're coaching, employees are consulted and have input into the decisions. The third column is where employees decide and recommend. 
Um, they're participating, they're facilitating. Employees must, must uh, consult management before acting to get approval. And then the last one, all the way over to the right, where we have fully shared control, is where employees decide and act. So they're delegating. Uh, employees are accountable and responsible. And they can set direction and take action without approval, so within some type of boundaries um, that have been made together. Now, again, I asked the team the same three questions. The first thing I asked them was, where were we five to seven years ago? And the crazy thing was that all of the dots from all of the shifts were all the way over in the left-hand side. Management was in total control five to seven years ago. Then when I asked them, where are we today? Where are we today? You, we saw that all of the, the dots, the little post-its, the little sticky dots that I had, they started to move over to column two and column three mostly in column two, which is where management gets employee input before deciding. So they had definitely moved from a command and control or management completely in control to where employees were starting to um, receive some coaching, employees were consulted, they, uh, they were being asked about some of the decisions. Then I asked them, where would you like us to be in the future? Um, and the, the really cool visual that was created was that all of these sticky dots moved into column three and to column four. So the employees were definitely ready to move um, to sh more shared control. They wanted, they were asking for more um, responsibility. They were asking for the ability to be involved in decisions. Um, and so we knew that they were completely ready um, to move into more of a shared control, controlling environment. Um, the other thing that was really cool about this exercise is I actually uh, had each of the shifts, first, second, and third, do this uh, with their own color uh, post-its or stickies. So first shift was yellow sticky, second shift was a green, third shift was a red, and then I even separated leadership into different colors as well. And I remember asking uh, the third shift supervisor where he thought that they were today, and he definitely thought that his shift was in, an, in a uh, column three where employees are deciding and recommending. However, when his entire team was asked where they felt they were today, they all felt that they were, uh, the majority was in one and some in column two. So they definitely had a different feeling than what the supervisor did. And this was very eye-opening for the supervisor to realize that his team felt like uh, management was completely in control and that they were not being asked about decisions. And so this was a, an opportunity for this supervisor to really make some changes in his leadership style. Um, so the second point that I want to make under Keep It Visual, if you remember the first one was it needed to be something that everyone can understand, right? The second thing is that you need to make problems visible. You need to make problems visible. And that's exactly what we were doing with the uh, empowerment continuum charts uh, and by putting the post-its on the wall, right? We, we're making problems visible. All right, now, you didn't think you were going to jump on this lean, uh, this lean podcast and never hear about 5S, did you? Of course not, right? 5S is one of the fundamental tools necessary to establish an efficient workplace. I like to use the 10-second test as a simple way to see how efficient or not efficient someone's workspace is, right? So if you close your eyes and imagine you're sitting at your personal office, uh, or maybe you're sitting in it right now. But anyways, close your eyes, imagine you're there. Um, and now, find a calculator, right? Or maybe your office is, is a, a workspace or in your garage, right? Find a 9 wrench. How long is it gonna take you to find those items? 
sure, these are only, maybe it's only a few seconds, right? Maybe it's uh, 15 seconds, maybe it's 20 seconds, maybe it's 30 seconds, but all of those seconds add up, you know, add them up across an entire day, multiple people looking for those items, right? Now add it up over a week, over a year, those seconds add up very, very quickly, right? So the 10 second test is a simple way for you to see how efficient you are. If you can't find something in less than 10 seconds, then there, there's a situation, there's an issue, right? So some companies don't pay much attention to 5S because they think it's too basic, right? Or they start with some great 5S and then don't sustain it because they don't see the importance. But 5S is foundational. You cannot improve on chaos, right? You need to have some stability. Everything has a place and everything in its place. 5S also helps us to see abnormal versus the normal, right? So the third point under keep it visual is that organized is efficient. A clean workspace is an efficient workspace and a safe workplace. So um, those are the three points under keeping it visual. Next time, uh, I'm gonna talk about continuing to improve and how that third uh, high level point can really help you to uh, start developing a culture of continuous improvement. Remember, keep it simple, keep it visual, and continue to improve. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.